BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Nabon is not what people generally think it is, the actual phrase itself. So if you take anything from this episode, I would just please ask you to stop saying Mabon. Please let people know this is not actually the correct phrasing of it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'll, I tell people on this podcast all the time, you can do whatever you want. You can practice however you want. But when it comes to Mabon, it's just incorrect. <laughs> it's just not right. It's not the correct phrasing of it. Totally. So Please call the autumn equinox. Just please call. Let me interject here. <laughs> I think that anyone who uses the term Mabon for the autumn equinox is displaying ignorance. Right? Oof. I was told Oof. something. I saw something online. I heard something somewhere. I believed it whole cloth and I'm going to repeat it in mixed company. And so what you're doing when you say that word for this holiday is you are letting everyone around you know, anyone who knows, that you don't necessarily, A, you either don't know what you're talking about, or you think you know what you're talking about, but you don't know enough, or you don't know the full story, right? And that's fine. What I take issue with is when you explain it to them and you're like, oh, hey girl, heads up. So when they're like, no, fuck you, it's, it's Maven, I saw it in a calendar, I saw it in a magazine, I saw it in whatever, you can be like, okay, now that you're doubling down on that ignorance, now everything is fair game, right? So like these people just become an example. If you hear all of this and you research the term and you look at the mythology and you see where it comes from and you figure out where it entered the craft and you figure out why randomly there was a confluence of events where one person ended up being in a spot to, to put this out there in a way where like nobody knew and then it just spread from there. If you want to just accept that wholesale and roll with it and think that that's legit, go ahead, do it. You are allowed to. But you're gonna have to be ready to fucking defend that shit and to explain that shit and to say, I just don't care. Welcome to BS3 Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and what you just heard was a clip from the podcast Seeking Witchcraft, specifically a bonus episode that was put out September 18th, 2020, titled Why Mabon is a Lie. And uh, I take issue with uh, <laughs> a lot of what happened in that episode. All right? I do. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk. I literally sat on this episode for like a whole year. Like, I was like, I was so mad when this came out. Um, I was big mad. So I wanted to like make sure that I was in a calm place. Like, a, I wanted to be um, a mature adult when I responded to this, so I figured what better time to do it than almost exactly a year later. <laughs> like, when else am I going to do that? So to summarize that episode of their podcast, of, well, of her podcast, um, that episode uh, was talking about uh, the the autumnal equinox Mabon and uh, why uh, they think you shouldn't call the autumn equinox Mabon. Uh, first off, I'm going to say I disagree, and in fact, it is arguably the best-named Wiccan Sabbath. I like it the best. I think I think Mabon's the best name out of all the Wiccan Sabbaths, and I'm going to tell you why in a moment. But to to sum up what they said, and and I want to I want to I want to be very clear that while I disagree with their opinions and interpretations, their facts were pretty accurate. There are a couple of, like, I think there's a couple of, of slip-ups, but nothing um, important. Like, it was just a, like, uh, 
uh, a person didn't have the data directly in front of them and misrecalled, I think, in one particular instance. And it was not over. It was a very minor detail that is wholly unimportant. All the major details in that episode are actually correct. All the facts are correct. It's just what we think and do with those facts that are very important. But then also, um, the second half of that, I think, uh, I, I think is omitting some really important stuff. So the first thing I'm going to say is, before I comment on this, I have linked this podcast. Um, I have linked this podcast in the show notes. So if you want to know exactly what was said in the episode of this other person's podcast, you can go listen to it. You can go listen to it right now. Heck, you know, maybe go listen to it right now before you listen to me comment on it. Uh, because frankly, you deserve to know everything. Like I, I clipped a little bit right there at the beginning to kind of give a little bit of context to this. And I know that there are some people who listen to this show who did listen to that episode last year. Um, but I want to make sure that like, I'm not like it. I want to make sure it doesn't appear like I'm taking anything out of context. Right. Cause again, I want to be clear. I don't think they were factually incorrect in that episode. All right. But to sum up, for those of you who don't want to go listen to someone else's show for like 40 minutes or something, um, let's sum up what it is. Uh, they're talking about why they don't believe that Mabon is a name that should be used for the autumn equinox. And their reasoning um, is a couplefold. First off, they start out the episode with, uh, with an argument that I understand, and that is that Mabon as a name was just sort of slapped on. For those of you who don't know, originally in Wicca, the uh, solstices and equinoxes, when, when Gardner and Nichols were coming up with the year, Wheel of the Year, uh, it, which is a combination of the four Celtic fire festivals and then the solstices and equinoxes, right? The um, While those four pre-existing fire festivals already had names, so they just kept them, um, originally the uh, the solstices and equinoxes didn't have like official names just beside but besides like spring equinox, summer solstice, autumn equinox, winter solstice, right? The names were later applied um, mostly by Aiden Kelly. Like Yule got Yule because it's a pre-existing like holiday. It's a thing. Um, so we kind of just said, okay, Yule's already a winter holiday. We'll just take that label here and put that here. Uh, but the other three, Ostar, Aletha, and uh, Mabon, um, those names are given by Aiden Kelly. And with Ostara and Letha, these are pretty easy. These are effectively seasonal names. Obviously, we're not going to get into the whole thing that there was no such thing as the goddess Ostara and that it's all Bede's fault, and we're not going to talk about that. But uh, either way, still spring and summer related. I prefer midsummer for the summer solstice as the name, but Letha's fine. Um Mabon, though, uh, you may be asking yourself where it got that name. And uh, Aiden Kelly actually explained it in a uh, Pathios uh, blog post back in 2017. Aiden Kelly, the person who named it. And uh, he explained that he was trying to effectively, to, to just sum up, I'll link the, the article in, I'll link the blog post in the show notes, because I link everything in the show notes because that's what you do when you reference something on a podcast seeking witchcraft. Not them. Sorry, that's just a like a personal thing that bothers me. Like if you're if you're going to cite something in a podcast and it's online and the listener can go check it themselves, 
you put a link in the show notes so they can verify your source instead of making someone go Google it and hunt it down themselves, which is something I had to do while listening to this episode and wanting to check their sources. Anyways, Mabon is, well, Mabon's the name of a couple of different figures, but Mabon F. Modron is a figure in uh, Welsh legend and Arthurian legend. Um, and so in to, to, to explain it roughly um, in a roundabout way, uh, effectively, Kelly wanted to link um, some version of something like Persephone, right? Like when when to the to the autumn equinox that was like it was like a whole like wanting to link in something similar to well i core but persephone whatever um and because uh mabinet modron uh there's a thing about the underworld in there and like it's like you can kind of draw a string to no you can't you can't it's i i don't know maybe he was high Maybe he just was being lazy, but either way, there is, like, there's no connection between Mabon at Modron and the fall. There's no connection to Maponus, the other Mabon, uh, in the fall. There's nothing. It's It makes no sense. It is, it is literally, uh, whatever. Now, I'm thinking Witchcraft, they draw, they draw the conclusion that that means it's a bad name for the holiday, then, because it doesn't have a direct connection. And I guess my question to that is, why are we looking at it that way? <laughs> like, like, guys, 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 why, why is that how we're framed? Okay, so, and they, they reference um, a Facebook post, which unfortunately just recently got taken down, actually. I went to go look for it today, and I looked, at, I looked for it when I was researching, I was, I was, putting together my research for this episode like a couple of weeks ago and i swear it was still up then when i went and dug it up um but that does unfortunately appear to be down they do summarize it quite a bit in that episode of their podcast but it's it's something you couldn't learn really from the wikipedia articles for mabon or mapona see mabon is kind of there's more than one mabon um none of them have to do with the fall um and uh, mabon at modron was the one that kelly was specifically referencing but the name Mabon's been used in multiple places, right? So yeah, it is true that Mabon is not directly connected to Autumn. And I think as long as we acknowledge that the name of the Sabbath Mabon has nothing to do with Mabonat Modron, I kind of, my attitude is, isn't that fine? Like, let's be clear, there's been more than one thing named Mabon in the world like it's there have been you know besides being a surname um Maponis was a, a pre-christian celtic god who is often connected to mabon but um also like there is literally a saint mabon who's a cornish saint like it's there are there are multiple things named mabon so who that are not really connected to um that are not really connected to the, the Welsh figure. So I think it's okay as long as we acknowledge that it's nothing to do with the Welsh Mabon, because frankly, it is a five-letter name. It is two syllables. It's easy to spell. It isn't a mouthful. It's a nice little pithy name. And if anything, that makes it to me the most Wiccan holiday and the most okay name for a Wiccan holiday. Because again, 
I just said the Gardner and Nichols came up with the wheel of the year like just 20 years before like Kelly slapped these names on things. And all of the pre-existing the four like four of those holidays, right? Um, you know, Samhain, Beltane, uh, Lunasa and Imbolc. These are pre-existing fire festivals and that the Wiccan versions of these holidays bears little resemblance to the traditional version of them. If anything, like that feels more inappropriate to me. And like uh, also that comes into place like Yule, like a Wiccan Yule is not the same as Germanic Yule, not even remotely. And like here we are taking their name. Like and the fact is like you get like people like especially like Ostara and like jumping on East, like all of this entitled warping of traditional stuff or making claims on historical festivals that are unrelated to Wicca is this constant thing in Wicca. But that's the great thing about Mabon is there is no historical festival called Mabon, right? It's it is just us. It is ours. We get to own Mabon, right? Like, Mabon is our holiday. It's nobody else celebrates this holiday but us, right? Like, I'm a Wiccan. I've been a Wiccan for 25 years. And, heck, fall's my favorite time of the year. So to, like, have our big harvest festival holiday, have one of them just be purely ours. And not something that I have to feel guilt over having stolen from another culture. <laughs> like... Can't we acknowledge that maybe actually we should be inventing new names like this for all of the holidays? Isn't that the reverse argument? That, like, so Mabon has nothing to do with anything with the holiday. Great, that makes it ours. That makes it okay. As long as we acknowledge it's different and has nothing to do with Mabon at Modron, that just shares a name and is unrelated. If we can acknowledge that Yule just shares a name and is unrelated... That seems to be to be less insulting because we're not laying claims on the history of a holiday in this case. Now, the second half of that episode of Seeking Witchcraft is the rest of their argument for why they don't think it should be called Mabon. And that has to do with the person who named it. As I said earlier, Aidan Kelly is the person who named it. And uh, I honestly think that that's the actual reason why people want to ditch something that he came up with. And so he, he literally went for it and he just sacrificed the privacy, broke his oath in order to further his academic career, right? And so his initiator writes that it was for this reason that the Covenant of the Goddess, which was a huge organization in the 70s and 80s and 90s, stripped Aiden of his ministerial credentials. Aiden Kelly is an oathbreaker. For these reasons, Aiden Kelly is not welcome in the Gardnerian community. He has been specifically banished from his parent coven. For similar reasons involving secrecy and oath-breaking, he has been ostracized from the Nerug and fairy tradition communities. Nerug is a new reformed orthodox order of the Golden Dawn, which is basically a Wicca version of the Golden Dawn that Aiden Kelly helped form at a university somewhere. I forget if he was in college or if it was after he was in college or something like that. His own group threw him out because of what he did. Because that's how seriously everyone in the traditional craft community takes the identity of other witches. So then it comes into the question of Aiden Kelly is an oathbreaker. You know, he did all this stuff. So even if there are things online that are quote unquote from him, can you really trust that he's actually putting out 
whatever he has out there? Can See? you really trust that that's, that's the thing? Yeah. I mean, yes and no, right? Like, obviously we have the reasoning behind it. He literally said it offended my sensibilities that they didn't have a special name. And so I grabbed one from literally the middle of nowhere. So like, cheers to that, right? That's the kind of scholarship that we're like talking about here. But then B, when you're looking at the source of this thing, it's like, do you actually want to perpetuate something that was done, created, like conceptualized by somebody who went on to damage almost irreparably the craft community? Yeah, the answer to that is no. And that's, that's a decision for everyone to make. So I want to be clear uh, before we move further. Um, we're going to be talking about people who are alive. So like the people in this conversation, we historically we've talked about like the history of witchcraft stuff. We talk about figures like uh, Gerald Gardner on this podcast. We talk about Buckland. We talk about Valiente. These are people who have passed away. Aiden Kelly is a living person at the time of recording. All right. Let's be very clear. Some of the people who are angry with Aiden Kelly, a lot of them are, again, still alive. These these are conflicts between living people, as far as any as far as I know, at least at the time of recording. So, um, <laughs> that's perspective we need to keep. So uh, let's let's talk about who Aiden Kelly is. Now I could read you Aiden Kelly's Wikipedia page, um, and give you like his history as a um, as an academic, but really what you need to know is that uh, importantly. Aiden Kelly, he was, uh, he's been initiated into multiple witchcraft groups. He developed the new Reformed Orthodox Order of the Golden Dawn in the 60s. He was a uh, one of the people at the beginning of Covenant of the Goddess. Like, he also was, though importantly, an initiate in Gardnerian Wicca. Um, Aiden A. Kelly was initiated into a Gardnerian coven. All right? many other things but that that's the focus and um as an academic he was doing research on the history of wicca ed kelly's work he went to primary sources uh he uh um dug through um an early version of gardner's book of shadows and a lot of gardner's correspondence which was uh in the possession of uh, the ripley's believe it or not uh, museum um, as it had been sold to them by Monique Wilson. Again, Monique Wilson, uh, a controversial figure, as she rears her ugly head again. Um, but importantly, um, <laughs> importantly, he was doing research, and he did this in an academic context. His goals were to really find the, the origins of Wicca, because you have to remember, as he's doing research in, like, the 70s and 80s, that uh, Wicca is still passing by on the lie that it is this ancient, unbroken tradition going back millennia. Like, the Margaret Murray Great White Wicca Witch Cult vibes are massive in Wicca when he's doing this research. Um, everyone was trained by a dead grandma. <laughs> it's like, Wicca was still kind of like going by this huge lie. And what Kelly's work was finding was that this didn't hold any weight. Because while we now know 
that Gardner pretty much created what we know as Wicca in Bricket Wood after having left the New Forest Coven. The New Forest Coven is, again, not an ancient witchcraft group. It was probably at most 30 years old when Gardner joined it, and it uh, it, it was more akin to Rosicrucianism. It's, uh, Kelly didn't believe that the New Forest Coven existed, but there's evidence to show that there was an actual group there. It just it wasn't anything resembling Wicca. All right. So New Forest existed, but it was not what Gardner claimed it was. Um, in fact, and so in, in Kelly's research, um, which eventually was published in 1991 by Llewellyn um, under the title Crafting the Art of Magic, uh, and it went out of print after a while, and it's been, it was re-released in 2007 um, under the name Inventing Witchcraft. But Kelly's work was, in many ways, revolutionary. It also completely betrayed his Cardarian oaths. One hundred percent. So, uh, in in crafting the art of magic and inventing witchcraft, uh, Kelly pretty much said that Gardner founded Wicca in nineteen forty six or nineteen forty seven, and obviously that contradicts the mythic claims of this ancient, you know, great white Wicca witch cult that. Uh, Gardner latched on to Margaret Murray's ideas. And and Kelly Kelly explained in his work, quote, The paper trail stops in 1946. We have no serious historical evidence for the existence of any Gardnerian coven before then. Um, now, this is huge. Now, when you go back to that episode of Seeking Witchcraft... It's strange how they don't mention this aspect of Kelly's research. You see, Kelly did publish a lot of stuff, and he published things which did, in fact, violate his Gardnerian oaths. And you can find archives of newsgroup posts from the 90s of some very angry people. Um, and I'll link one of these in the show notes um, where... Uh, the the high priest who initiated Dan Kelly into the Gardnerian tradition uh, pretty much just clearly states, no, he he broke his oaths. He broke his oaths. And while it's true he's an oath breaker, now it's you'll often hear um, them talk about how it in early versions of Kelly's work. Kelly's initial research was for his dissertation, which unfortunately, due to the requirements of academia, required that the sources in his study include their names and addresses, which did unfortunately out some witches. And that is bad. That was a consequence of, you know, doing what he did. And that sucks. And I want to be clear that while these names and addresses were published, they were only published in the dissertation in the academic form of this. And I do have to ask how widely distributed this dissertation was. Because on average, most people aren't looking up academic dissertations. So that is something to keep in mind, that when people repeat this, while names and personal information were published within the initial dissertation, this was not a part of any mass-distributed version of Kelly's work. And how often does anyone actually look up an academic dissertation? Let's have a little bit of perspective.
But I'll I'll argue that the echoes of that are not as strong as what people make it out to be. Um, like, is that something that I'm sure he regrets? Yes. He also, again, obscured those identities in later versions of the text. And let's be clear. Does breaking your oaths make you kind of shitty? Yes. And so I understand why any Gardnerian would be angry with Aiden Kelly. I do. However, <laughs> and this is where I think the Seeking Witchcraft episode is really one-sided, is that Aiden Kelly, in the act of betraying his oaths, in the act of betraying the Gardnerian tradition, which he did, he also, also exposed a massive lie that had been perpetrated by the Gardnerian traditions for decades. For decades. You see, the Gardnerian Wiccans were more than content to pass on Gerald Gardner's lies as fact. That this myth of Wicca being this ancient religion was just continued to be pushed for decades. And in fact, even though Kelly published in 1991, the fact is, is that witchcraft books going for the rest of that decade still push the ancient myth. Because it took a while for those words to echo out across the rest of the witchcraft spaces. And so, yeah, it is, it is bad that he didn't censor his research well enough when he was publishing, when he began, like, putting it out there, and that he revealed the names and addresses of witches. That is a bad thing. But we can't discredit the entire work of a person because of that mistake. And I argue that the secrecy within Gardnerianism that had prevented the understanding of the history of witchcraft, of the history of Wicca, specifically the history of Wicca, that their secrecy prevented the history of Wicca from being truly revealed and understood by the community at large. While they may be, while Aiden Kelly is far from perfect and, again, made mistakes, I don't know if his betrayal of his Gardnerian oaths should be considered a bigger deal than the deliberate obfuscation of the origins of Wicca by Gardnerians, whether intentionally or not. Because even if you argue that Gardnerian Wiccans did not know that Gardner had lied, it implies that it's because, because Kelly was able to do this research and find the origins, that it implies that they had access to the same information which would have established that Gardner had not been truthful in the origins of Wicca. So while people can spend 40 minutes hand-wringing about how we shouldn't call a holiday a name to spite a man because he broke oaths, why, why do we consider his oath-breaking a bigger, I don't, a bigger crime against Wicca than the deliberate obfuscation of the history of the faith adhered to by other? Because it's such a contradiction. It is hypocritical to claim 
that his oath-breaking is worse than that. For a religion whose primary fundamental principle is a reed written by Doreen Valiente, and it harm none, do it ye will, that harm none is our one moral rule. How can we claim that that is a larger crime against Wicca as a whole than withholding the truth about the fundamental nature and while continuously perpetrating a lie and promoting a lie about the history of the craft? Because it's easy to forget from today's perspective that the, the this myth of Wicca existed, that, that we didn't always know that Wicca was only a 20th century invention by Gerald Gardner and refined by Doreen Valiente. It's, and this lie enabled hucksters and con artists to take advantage of a whole generation of witches. People would lie and pass on stories to sell themselves up as gurus and, and take advantage of people. And... And without Aidan Kelly's research, who knows how long it would have taken for this lie to be exposed. And this always gets washed away. This always gets washed away in conversations about what he did and didn't do. Because the fact is, is that while as shitty as it was that he broke his Gardnerian oaths to those people within that coven, that he broke his oaths to those people and to his tradition, it is even shittier, one may argue, that we had this false narrative perpetrated amongst the greater witchcraft community for decades. And it seems incredibly unfair to try to sabotage any sort of legacy of this man just because you're spiteful over that. Because it just... When we look at things in absolutes, I think it's important that I want to I want to point out that like I do not begrudge any Gardnerian for being angry with Aiden Kelly. I fully understand that. However, I think that it's important that we look at any of these situations with the complexity and nuance that they actually have. Like, none of this is black and white. None of this is simple. And the fact is, if you wanted black and white and simple, you shouldn't have gotten into witchcraft. All right. Um, <laughs> The world's not black and white. It is not simple. It has nuance. And so if you want to cancel everything because of one thing done by one person, like I'm not saying invite the man over for coffee, but I'm saying that if you want to throw out the work of every person involved in Wicca because they might, because of one thing they did wrong, we'd be throwing out Wicca as a whole, all of it, the whole thing. And I don't think any a lot of most of us who have been Wiccan practitioners for a long time again I've been a Wiccan for 25 years I don't think any of us want to throw it out but we do have to go in eyes open we have to look at things with nuance we can't just like we have to we have to understand the complexity of these situations right We have to understand the complexity of these situations. So that's why I call it Madlock. The good news is this is not widespread in the community. The fact is you don't see a huge pushback across most of Mavon uh, usage because most Wiccans are not Gardnerians. British traditional Wicca is making up a smaller and smaller percentage of 
of Wicca every year. Heck. And Gardnerians are just a slice of that slice, even. So, honestly, call it Mabon. Enjoy. Relax. I don't know. I just get frustrated. I get frustrated when we don't look at the whole of a person. I get frustrated when we want to, like, just toss the baby with the bathwater. Uh, it's just... You know, it's funny. When people are outraged over something like Mabon being the name because it doesn't seem to quite culturally match up, but then don't look into any other one of our the Wiccan Sabbaths, right? We look at the rest of the Wheel of the Year, like, why, why does Mabon bother them, but, like... Samhain, our version of Samhain, which is very, which is different from the traditional version of Samhain, doesn't offend them. And I think it's just all like, you need to understand with nuance and a, a larger point of view that Wicca is new. I just hate it when people go like, oh, that's from the, the some guy in the 1970s. Well, it's Aidan Kelly and is the guy. And like, Wicca was barely a thing. The Wheel of the Year was not this, like, long-standing tradition to begin with. Again, Nichols and Gardner came up with it while naked at a party. <laughs> like, let's... 1970s is pretty old for Wicca at this point, and that's because we're a new religion. Wicca is a new religion. So all you non-Wiccans, if you're wondering, like, what's going on here with all this Mabon stuff, that's it. That's all. And, yeah, um, since we've established that calling it Mabon is a Wiccan thing, um, I'm just going to say our holiday, calling it that is open to everybody if they're uh, Wiccan or not, because we're just using the name arbitrarily. But it is, in my opinion, the most Wiccan name for a holiday out of all eight Sabbaths. And uh, I I will fight anyone on that. Whew, all right, with that, uh, we're wrapping up the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of BS3 Witchcraft. I'm your host, Trey Dorn. Remember, this show is brought to you by patrons like you by subscribing to the Patreon. You can get access to these episodes like a whole week earlier. Um, and I want to say thank you to my patrons, Stephanie Graves, Mary Stowell, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, and Courtney. Um, remember, you know, that's Patreon is how we keep this show on the internet for you to listen to. But if I understand money can be tight, if you want to just support the show in other ways, you can, um, just share the show, share it with your friends, force them to listen to it, tape them down to a chair, put the head earbuds in their ears, hit play, and just like watch them as they slowly lose their minds. Just go for it, man. Or just maybe share the link on your social media. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Twitter um, at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You can follow me on Tumblr at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. You can follow me on TikTok. Um, I am T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N on TikTok. Um, if I didn't say it before, the Patreon is patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You see a theme. But on Facebook, if you want to follow me on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash bs3witchcraft. Um, use the public Facebook page. Please don't friend me. Um, <laughs> it's a problem. All right. Remember, we are a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. You know, it's the fall, which means that um, our sibling podcast, Hex Positive, 
uh, hosted by Brina Garen, is doing a whole bunch of stuff uh, with some extra episodes here in September and then a couple more um, in October. And I know Bree's doing her annual uh, Listener Ghost Stories uh, stuff. So if you go nerdandtie.com slash hex and you go uh, click through to Hex Positive social media, I'm sure that she has a way for you to write in that stuff there. Um, it's October, you know, next month here, so expect me to do a very similar episode to all the Octobers before, uh, like I always do. And I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. And with that, Majikins, I uh, bid you a fond adieu.